Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. What's up? We're back again for another episode of Curious Conversations. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this podcast. I was just about to say because you know I always jump in. I know. And I just thought I would say that. But if you're a loyal listener, I'm sure you're listening to it on a Wednesday first morning. First thing. First thing. <laughs> your alerts are on. You subscribe and you know you that comment, Curious Conversation has dropped. You've started following <laughs> the new Instagram page. Yes, and our TikTok. But how are you, Sarah? I'm good. That's good. I'm, um Yeah. Like just chugging along, but yeah, good. I think we're going to dive deeper into how I am. Yeah, into later. Sarah's yeah. health. We did have an episode a few weeks ago, or maybe months ago now, about Sarah's health and what's been happening. But you have Sarah and I today for another episode. Um, Coming so, up to silly season. I know, and I'm very, very excited. Although having the day that we're recording this, the weather is not very nice. So I'm just hanging out for some kind of sunshine because I feel like you can feel the energy in the air that it's like coming to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when this episode comes out, it will be November. So like you can feel that energy, but the weather's not representing that energy. Yeah. So it's like you feel a bit flat. Do you and feel that? We were just saying how how good everyone does look with a tan and we need a tan. Oh, we do need a tan, but we just need like, you know, there's nothing better that it's a Friday afternoon, you finish work, it's like three o'clock, you're like, hey, do you want to go get an Aperol? Yes. And just sit out in the side in the sun for like two hours, go home and you just feel like, ah, it's like that feeling of like it's coming up to the holidays. I want that feeling. It's so close. We just need like a consistent week of good weather. Yeah, it's very close. So I feel like that is coming in there, but it is coming up to silly season. So we're very excited. Mm. Do you have anything planned for silly season? Um, not really. I've got, oh, actually, yeah. My, Don't you have a couple of weddings? My December calendars are already pretty Yeah, full. I thought you had weddings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then one of your best friends is coming back from Hong Kong. Yes, we have a dinner with her. So there's like things going on. There'll be, everyone will want to catch up for work drinks in December. It's yeah. just, I'm so excited. We, I've got a few engagement parties as well in December, which will be fun. I've got a few things coming up too. And yeah, my best friend from Hong Kong is coming home and I'm so excited because I haven't seen her. She sent a photo in our WhatsApp group the other day. I think the last time we saw Loz was the start just before lockdown 2020 in like February, she came for Rose's birthday and we went to Supernormal. That is the last time that we have seen wow. Lauren and all been together. So um, naturally, like I know Rosa and Nick and the kids go to Hong Kong quite a lot previous to COVID to go see her or on the way to Europe. We've gone to Hong Kong a few times to see her with like work trips. So it, we were seeing each other, even though she lives in another country, we were seeing her quite regularly, yeah. I would say. And now we haven't seen her since 20. And she hasn't been back to Australia since then. So I'm so excited. Planned a few little going out nights and some dinners and stuff. And New Year's Eve with her. So I'm oh, bloody excited. How good. Yes. 
So that'll be fun. But yeah. But speaking of drinking and silly season, we were thinking of topics to talk Mm -hmm. about on this episode. And one thing that's been popping up in my life and it has been for you many years, many years is um, sobriety. Mm -hmm. And our friend Morgan, Mm -hmm. she's done it over the American summer. She tried to do a stint of sobriety because she was like, it's super anxious. Yeah, flaring up her anxiety. And she started putting things on social media like questioning why we drink mm-hmm. and how hard it is. She's in her 20s to go out and socially, how unacceptable it is not to drink. Yeah. It's wild. So, can I just talk about my experience yeah. quickly before we go into it? So, I have never been a massive drinker. Obviously, I grew up with an eating disorder. So, for me, alcohol was like the devil, it was like full of sugar. I was naturally scared of drinking because I didn't want to get fat. Um, That was my history with alcohol. And also just um, experiences with alcohol growing up with family members and stuff. I've just always been really iffy with Mm. alcohol. I just think it makes people – some people turn into people that they're not, say things that they regret. And I've just never been a massive drinker. So all through my 20s, obviously, I was still kind of battling an eating disorder – I still didn't drink a lot. Like I would go to Eve with like Rosa and the girls every Saturday. And don't get me wrong, like there were nights where I'd get, you know, pissed and I would drink and stuff, but I didn't naturally love it. Um, I feel like then I probably drank more to be accepted or peer pressure or I didn't want to feel left out when I did drink. But then there were other times where I would be so stern and I'd be like, no, I don't want to drink. Mm. But then everyone would be like, oh, just have one drink. Come on, you're boring. You're like, just have one drink. And I'm like, I'm actually not boring when I don't drink. I actually have so much fun. I can last longer than you guys. But that's the comments that I would get. And these are from like my best friends. And I'm not picking on them for like saying it was just what everyone would be like, oh, just have one shot. Just have one drink. And I'd be like, actually, no, I don't. But then there'd be times I'd be weak and I'd be like, oh, fuck, I feel like I have to drink in order to be accepted. That's what I want to talk about because one of our best friends, she doesn't drink. Yeah. And, like, I love that about her Mm -hmm. and she always stands her ground. But even recently she was peer pressured, but she didn't crumble to the peer pressure Mm. to drink. Yeah. People were like, come on, drink, drink, drink. Like it'll make us so happy. Yeah, mate, it's all about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. One night we were out with her and she had a soda water with lime in it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're drinking. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's vodka and soda and lime. Mm. And they celebrated her, yeah. like thought it was the biggest I deal ever. I used to do that. And I'm just like, wow, how funny is it your attitude about someone can change if they drink? Isn't it wild? So I want to go back to when I was um, obviously like growing up in my 20s, my best friend's husband had a bar. We were always out mm. and I used to do that. So I used to have soda water Pretend. and lime. Yep. And then I remember some – because I just felt like I had to sometimes. And then – but then there'd be other times where I'd be like strong and be like, no, no, I'm not drinking. And then sometimes like I remember Lauren or someone would be like, oh, my God, can I have a sip of your drink? And I'd be like – <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 like because it didn't have – but that's the length that you used – and I know some people still do it now. Yeah. Um, get a soda water with lime, so it looks like – I think we've done it heaps 100%. of times. 100%. Because it looks like you're drinking. Yeah. But like why do we feel the pressure to have to do that to be accepted? Because I'm – I probably am more fun when I don't drink. That's what I was just about to ask. Do people think people are more fun when they drink? or I they can so. They can only be – like you can only let loose 
Oh, I don't know. Is it a false confidence? I really don't know. But, it, but it's weird though because it's obviously more about the other person. Yeah. Because like, I couldn't give a shit if I go out and don't drink. Does not bother mm. me at all. But I know there's a lot of people that can't go out and not drink. And then I'm kind of like, well, is that a problem? Mm. Maybe because we do have friends that have that problem that can't go out without drinking and they actually legitimately have an alcohol problem. But I'm like, I'm not saying that people have alcohol problems, but there's something deep down within them of why, like, I don't know. Why they think that they have to drink in order to have fun. Yeah. I would say every single one of my friends are fun without drinking and I know that because I hang around with them. Well, the common thing is like what people say with drinking is like when they go to extremes, what are you numbing? Well, that's true too. And also I think like maybe people, I don't know, I've never been a peer pressure. I've never been like, oh, my God, Sarah, why are you not drinking? Have a drink. I've never been that kind of person, so I can't really talk Mm. from experience. I think I'm a peer pressurer. I think sometimes, not. I don't know about now, but you have been in the past. I've drunk because I felt peer pressured from you. But Sorry about that. No, 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 no. This is like from like, this could be years ago. Yeah. Now, like I said, I don't really care. Like I can easily go out for dinner and not have a wine. If everyone's drinking wine, I don't. It doesn't bother yeah. me. Not and I don't wine. care if you don't have one. No. Um. But what was I going to say? Maybe it's the other person thinks that they can't have fun if you're not drinking. Yeah. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. It's really weird to me, and it really pisses me off because I remember talking about this to the friend that doesn't drink. I was like, oh, my God, that is my biggest fucking pet peeve. I'm like, I can't stand because I had it when I was younger. I'm like, I can't stand when people feel the need to peer pressure you to drink when you actually generally don't want to drink. One, Mm. I don't want to wake up hungover the next day. Two, I don't like it. Three, I actually just don't want to drink. Leave me alone. It's my biggest pet peeve. Mm. So it makes me angry. Isn't it funny? People were probably thinking I was drinking that night. What night? When we were all out. And I, I wasn't. I actually, I'm learning to have fun and be like, not learning. I shouldn't say that, but go out and oh, not. I haven't been able to drink, obviously, because my heart issues. Dive into that later, yeah. And so, the maximum I can drink is two drinks when I go out. So I tend to drive everywhere mm. now. And so for me to go out, I kind of look forward to having two drinks, and I savor it. And then I feel like. One, I get the benefit of waking up fresh as the next day. And driving home. But driving home, but also I get to have dance, do whatever I want. Um, Yeah. I I think it might be just a confidence within myself. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I've had like a really funny relationship with Mm. alcohol for a very long time. So for me, it just like really aggravates me. I don't know why. I listened to a um, podcast Aaron and Sarah Foster a while ago and I saw Morgan actually put it up as well and it's an episode on sobriety and if you want to listen to it, we'll link it. Are they sober? Um, They were going through phases of sobriety. Aaron Foster was talking about how she used to come home and have a glass of wine and peer pressure friends to drink and it was all more about her, Mm. exactly what you were saying. And she was like, she spoke about why she felt she wanted her friends to drink, but then also why she felt like she had to come home and relax yeah. and have that drink of wine. And she's learning to self-regulate herself mm-hmm. now without having alcohol. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's another thing. I have never been one to come home and have a drink by myself. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I've done it like once or twice in my life. Yeah. I don't enjoy I don't enjoy drinking by myself. Mm. If I'm going out for dinner, 
I love having a meal made for me. Like if even if I'm going to your house, I love having a meal made for me and then having a glass of wine with it. Yeah. Love that. It's the experience. But personally, me, I wouldn't sit on the couch with a glass of wine. No. That doesn't give me any uh, thrills. I just, I've never been that person. And I don't know, for me, it's a social thing, but I actually enjoy having like one or two drinks with friends at dinner or out and then I can easily stop. Mm. I don't get peer pressured or I can easily continue if I'm having a lot of fun. It's that whole mentality of like when I lived in Italy, they used to compare like Italians to Australians. Oh, really? We in Australia go out to get drunk. Yeah. We in Italy, they didn't have that mentality. It was all about sitting down having a drink with your friends, you don't drink to get drunk. Maybe I've got the Italian mentality because but I'm never. But that's the never- thing. Why do we, and I, even as a teenager when I was younger, we used to plan to go out and, and get, get wasted. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird because I could easily just go out for dinner and have one or two drinks with my friends and have a really nice night mm. and actually look forward to having a drink. Um, yeah, it's really funny, isn't it? Even I'm questioning myself like now, obviously, with my heart and what's going on, uh, I, the two drink limit. But I, I'm sitting back and reflecting now, like, fuck, why, why do I go out and when I drink? And now, I feel like I won't go out and really get drunk mm. ever again. Mm. And I shouldn't say ever again. Like it might happen those nights. You go and out I, and they can turn into the best nights where you just have yeah, a few more than course. you anticipate. But. Uh, one, I like being in control. Yeah. I like being in control of what I say to people mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel like when you have a few too many d- drinks that you lose, like your boundaries get loose mm-hmm. and I don't like that feeling. Yeah, and you can always be angry, emotional. Yeah. I've sensitive. had so many experiences this year with people and I think that's another thing. I'm observing people because I'm more sober than normal. Yeah. When they drink and I'm like, oh, like you're not cool when you're mm. drunk. Whereas I kind of had that when I was younger. I observed behavior that I was like, oof. Yeah. Never, I never want to be that person mm. or say, not though be that person because that person in my life was amazing and stuff, but the things that person used to say, mm. like, exactly no control over what they were saying and then the next day forget yeah I'm like how can you forget saying something so mean and so hurtful to someone and then the next day forget yeah that blows my mind and they'll be like oh no it's just the alcohol I was just mm. drunk sorry that's no no excuse that's mm. disgusting um so it is an interesting topic um but I'd love to hear from you guys you can DM us on the <laughs> Instagram now as well but I'd like to you know, if there's any, if there's someone listening that is struggling with peer pressure and generally doesn't want to drink, are there any things that you can say to someone or any tips? Uh, my tip is probably not the right tip because you probably be honest, but drinking soda water with lime <laughs> to look like you're drinking. Yeah. That's just one thing I do, but it's probably not the right thing to do. You probably should confront the person. Be like, hey, I actually don't want to drink because I don't yeah. feel shit tomorrow. Can you just let me be? Mm. I'd like to know what people if experience and say to someone that's... I think that I brought that up with a friend the other day. I was like, how about you own it and then if your friends throw shit on it, then then that's their issue. Exactly. I think you're right. It's like how do you own that you don't want to drink? Because it is 
it is obviously it's a topic that's come up quite a few times. People feel uncomfortable not drinking. Mm. It's ridiculous. If you don't want to drink, it's your body. And be confident in your response. Like you can imagine someone at a dinner table, hey, like, are you going to have a drink? Nah, like I'm doing a four-week drinking mm. challenge. Like don't offer me one because mm. I actually, actually want yeah. I, yeah, I actually don't want to drink and you might tempt me, but I want to be held accountable for the next mm. four weeks. I mm. don't want to drink. Yeah, my actually my part, my, my boyfriend's a good example. He's not a massive drinker. Um, and like he'll – we actually went out for dinner oh, a month ago for my dad's birthday mm. and we we're all sitting there and like my mum and dad love a drink. My sister loves a drink. Her boyfriend loves a drink. I was like, oh, it's my dad's birthday. I'm going to have a margarita. Damien's not a massive drinker and, like, everyone's going around the table like, what do you want? I'm like, oh, mug, my sister's like champagne, whatever. Guess a Damien. Damien's like, oh, I'll just get a Coke Zero. And someone on the table, like, my sister's boyfriend's like, oh, you're not going to drink. And Damien's like, no, nah, I just I've, I just don't want to drink. And mm. I'm like, I respect that because I'm like, you know, I've been out numerous times with him and he's not had a drink. He's just yeah. like, oh, I'll have a get Coke. And I'm like, oh, that's good because sometimes I might crack under pressure I don't want to drink. But I'm like, oh, I'll just get one margie. Yeah. And I respect that because I'm like, oh, you actually have set your boundaries. You actually generally don't want to drink. Yeah. And he has a labored job. So he has to get up the next day and work. And I understand he doesn't want to feel shit. So it's like um, I think just owning it and being confident and he does it quite well. That's the thing. I think the secret is confidence. Yeah. Like he just doesn't like yeah. doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like and I respect that because in situations like that you do crack under pressure sometimes. And oh, 100% because – your friends can make you feel so Shit. guilty and ashamed that you're not drinking that you lose your own, like, boundary mm-hmm. and you you cave. And then it's doing a disadvantage to, to you because inside you're like, fuck, I didn't want to drink and, and now I'm drinking. Shit, so yeah. then in your head you're feeling shit about Negative. yourself. Yeah. So I think the action of holding up your boundary even and stronger owning and owning it, you're going to just feed, like, your mm-hmm. self-worth even 100%. more. Hundred percent, and like I said, I am not a perfectionist at this because perfectionist at this because I have caved a few times. But yeah. I would count myself as quite a like. I feel like out of all our friends, I'm probably the strongest. I could easily like you'll get you're good now, yeah, because you have to, yeah. Um, Whereas people probably say like, oh, Tal won't drink because yeah. like you're going to the gym yeah. in the morning, or and and that pisses me off. Or they're like, just say you're a, oh no, she doesn't drink that much. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Oh no, she's not a massive drinker. I'm like, it doesn't. But is that you taking more offence to the comment? It just annoys me. I'm just like, but why Why do you have to sit because at that, a table? Because that's, that's tr- a true statement. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't, I'm not. But, yeah. like, it annoys me. It's like, okay, we're sitting at a table. Someone's like, because that person that you say that to is then going to have a negative. Not necessarily. Yeah, true. But it just You're taking like, it negatively. Yeah, but no, but I, it's happened all, mm. I know, 100%. But also people, oh, she's boring. Oh, is that what you think? That's what they say. Oh, oh. She's boring, she doesn't drink. And I'm like, well, no, I'm That's not. That's not nice. No, but this is my thing. Yeah. It's like, but I've heard people say that about our other friend. Oh, she's boring. She doesn't drink. I'm sorry, but I don't think she's boring because she doesn't drink. Why is that? Oh, I love her more because she's got so much no, self-worth. But this, is, but this is the thing. It's a common comment. Yeah. Oh, they're boring. They don't drink. Mm. I'm sorry, but like why? Mm. Like, and I've heard, like, I've heard it about myself. I've heard it say, people say it about other people. Have I ever said you're boring? No, but I'm just Thank saying. No, 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 I'm yeah. just saying. And like I said before, I don't think I can have a conversation with anyone. Mm. I can dance sober. I can stay until 5 a.m. I can do all the things. And people, and people are like, 
the next day, oh, how'd you pull up? I'm like, oh, I had two drinks. Like, no way. I thought you were pissed. I'm yeah. like, nah. I, was, I had Having literally two fun. drinks. Like, two drinks. I'm yeah. fine. That's I think shit. this is what it all comes back to. Why do we think we have to drink to have fun? I know. It's ridiculous. So dumb. So maybe, I don't know, silly season's upon us. Yeah. Having said that, I do, like I said before, I really, really enjoy having like a drink that I enjoy, like a margarita mm-hmm. or an Aperol in the sun, but I can go home. Yeah. I don't have to kick on. Yeah. Like I do love Know your limits. Yeah. But then there's sometimes I don't enjoy having a margarita. I'm like, I actually don't feel like it, mm. but I actually enjoy the taste as well. So it's like, yeah. But some days I just don't feel like drinking a margarita. Yeah. So I think the thing is just own it when you're in a social situation. Don't come to the succumb to peer pressure mm-hmm. because that's their own shit. 100%. It's actually wild, the Australian. You've got nothing to prove to anyone else. Yeah, the Australian mentality around drinking. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, so I want to dive back into your, you said about your heart yep. and how you haven't been drinking. Yep. You obviously, we're open on the podcast about what had happened. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of you. Can you give us a little health update and a Sarah update? Health update. Um, or actually, Sarah, health update slash mind update because something amazing happened to you after our recording with Solomon, who was the therapist. Yes. yes. So um, Solomon has become my therapist. Isn't that funny? Because in that podcast, I said, I want you to be my therapist. Yeah. And then you were the one that yeah. circled around and you're like, something happened in your life. And you're like, I actually think I need help. Yeah. And that's the thing. Something did happen in um, my life. And it's it's funny. I The thing wasn't great that happened, but I'm so grateful that it did happen because mm-hmm. I'm now growing at an exponential rate, mm-hmm. like as a person. Mm-hmm. And when I first sat, sat down with Solomon, um, I was like, I feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff and my life is about to soar, mm-hmm. but I just don't know how to soar. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been really challenging. It's going back to like all my childhood and basically I was like, there's certain aspects in my life where I, I'm not fulfilled and I don't know what's happening and I want to be fulfilled mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm strangling everything. Mm-hmm. And what it's come down to, you this is probably a broken record for you because oh, I've yeah, heard it a million <laughs> times. It's fine. Um, and it probably didn't come as a surprise to you. No. That me as a person um, – you would say that I'm a giver, like I'm a yes person, always I'm um, I'm a helper and things like that. And Oh, wait, sorry, just go back. A lot of people will be like, this refers back to what you're working on. Oh, Sarah's so nice. Yeah. So nice. And I'm No always, boundaries. I'm always like, fuck, are you kidding? Like, yes, you're lovely, but we have a different relationship. Yeah. Um, but everyone's like, Sarah's so nice, so nice. And that comes down to me, yes, that I get all my validation mm-hmm. as a person externally. So from helping people. Yeah, like so basically I don't know myself. Yeah. And so that it was he's he was like, I was like, oh my God, I fuck, I really don't know myself. I always put other people's feelings in front of my own. So mm-hmm. I've never put myself first because I've always, even as a child, it started in my childhood. 
I'll try and look after other people's feelings, make sure they're okay before I even looked after myself. Mm-hmm. So it's the old aeroplanes going down, I was putting their mask on. Be Fuck no, I'm putting mine on first. Yeah, but that's the yeah, thing. No, no, like no. I was too busy. And then eventually this year it's just I've I've hit rock bottom and I've burnt out. Mm-hmm. And it's like now I'm in the fun part that I'm like, cool, who am I? What do I like? Am I values aligned with who I'm hanging out with? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do? And it's changing a lot of my relationships with my friends because now I'm showing up as me, like um, not necessarily setting boundaries, but I might not be as available as they want me to be. But yeah. Which is weird because in the past, I'd drop a hat to help 100%. people because I would think that I'm only a good person if I helped people. Yeah. I was only a good friend if I helped them. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, fuck, I know I'm a good friend. I do this, this, this. I bring so much value mm-hmm. to a friendship that, like, cool, if they don't want to be my friend, go away. That's cool because I know I'm a great friend and that's just opening up space for another person mm-hmm. to come into my life. Yeah. Can you look back at any, like, situations in your life, just to give people an example of how you put other people first? everything no I know but like just one like absolutely anything and everything Mm. I would go out of my way to help people if they Mm -hmm. needed something even though it was an inconvenience to me I would drop everything and go help them Mm -hmm. um yeah there's too many to actually talk about Mm. and so I don't know it's it's interesting so I'm I'm journaling more Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool for me personally, uh-huh. and then um, so basically how Solomon described it, and he described it in our episode with us yeah. the same way. Um, because I'm a giver, I give to people like because I don't give to myself, mm-hmm. obviously, the old Ma story. I'm giving from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And so now each morning before I get up, don't get on social media, don't do anything. I have to go do things for myself that fill up my own cup. And this is – from Solomon, he told you to do these yeah. things. Yeah. So each morning now I go for a little mindful walk and I'm like, you know what, the affirmations of like um, I'm worthy of looking after myself. It's okay to put my feelings mm-hmm, in front mm-hmm. of it, ev- other people. And I've caught myself in situations where I'm like, oh, I'll do it. And then I'm like, oh, no, like I actually don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas that my automatic fruit automatic response is to go help. Yeah. So I'm learning to um, set boundaries. Set boundaries. And, yeah, it's interesting. I just I want to be a better person. I want to be like a better leader for both of us, for all our mm-hmm. businesses because I think what's the point if you're not growing and evolving? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is it's a huge challenge for me mm-hmm. to, to look at my life and be like, oh, fuck, I've done this my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, never looked after myself, put everyone before me. Like, isn't that wild? And just like, that's just who you were. Yeah. Yeah. And it all came down to situations when I was a kid. And, and that's what I said to him. I was like, I think I had self-worth when I was younger. Like, I know I had self-worth, but I can give you situations where like an exchange with my parents took a bit away, exchange with my siblings Mm. took a bit away. And eventually there was just like nothing nothing there. And then 
if I would do something good for something else, someone else, that would give me that dopamine hit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I'm a good person. So then I got addicted to that cycle of helping people. Yeah. But I need to get that comfort and support from myself. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. wild. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And I hope I hope you can see that I'm like, I know we had a conversation the other day and I'm just like, I'm having these honest and open conversations with you as a friend and like a, a business partner because I want us to do so well. Yeah. 100%. And I think like it can only happen when we're evolving as mm, people. Mm. And how many times a week are you seeing Solomon? Two, twice in person and one phone call. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lot. Mm. And I know it won't be like that forever, but <laughs> the other night we were out to dinner and um, I, th- I have to say one of the most beautiful moments of this brief journey so far is um, we were out with Trent and Brooke and I was talking about Trent, mm. what I've been going through, and um, he and I went back to the house and we are just sitting down and he actually turned to me and he was like, I'm so proud of you. Mm. And not that I needed it, but it was actually so nice for someone to see how hard it is mm. for someone to do the work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and want to do the work, mm-hmm. want to be a better person. So that was a beautiful moment. Um, but you said to me, how long do you think you're going to do this mm-hmm. for? And I think therapy is a consistent thing. Yeah. I just meant as in this intense, like three oh, okay. times yeah. a week. Yeah. yeah. No, it won't be forever. But what I also love about Solomon is that the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So he holds me accountable in mm-hmm in work and in mm-hmm. business and mentoring me that way as mm-hmm, well. So mm-hmm. I get the the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. personal and work. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be definitely ongoing. Yeah. Inevitably. Yeah. I, I love being held accountable. Like you work to deadlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love being held accountable mm-hmm. with someone. They're like, well, you said last week that you were going to mm. do this every single day. Mm. No wonder you're not fit, like you're feeling like shit mm. because – you're, if you let it lapse, you're letting your, saying to yourself, you're saying to yourself, oh, you're not good enough to do Mm. this for yourself every Mm -hmm, day. mm -hmm. But I, like, I want to show up and Mm -hmm. do that for myself. Yeah. I want to show up and be, he says, small, consistent actions, small, consistent something actions Mm -hmm. equals success. And it's right. The consistency of getting up, doing something good for myself, the consistency of posting each day for fee-fi, mm-hmm. these actions lead to success. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had some uncomfortable conversations with my mum that you mm-hmm. were present with too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, no, it, and it's, do you know what it all comes down to? And I had this, I'll, I'll tell the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm the youngest of four um we're all very competitive, very athletic. And when I was younger, I got into the VIS at an early age. And I was like, I was so excited. I was like, fuck yeah, like life's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to become this professional athlete. And my mum turns around and she was like, oh, that's great, but get yourself to, get yourself to training because I'm not going to take you. Mm. So I've seen mum throughout the years take every other kid to their sports mm. training and things like that. And I was like, fuck, they've never been in the VIS. Mm. They've never done that and I've done this and 
I have to find my getting own. Getting rejected. Yeah. I was getting rejected and I wasn't feeling like I was good enough. Mm-hmm. And I said that to mum and my mum was like, mum's obviously a therapist. And she was like, I didn't mean for you to feel that way. And I was like, fuck, you're right. You you didn't make me feel like I was good enough. Mm-hmm. You didn't make me feel rejected. I made, how you presume. I, I mm. internalised her actions and I was like, I felt like I wasn't good mm. enough. Mm-hmm. And so I've carried that through my whole life feeling like I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. If If someone rejected me, a guy on a date, said like I wasn't his type or whatever, never happened by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But I would feel rejected. Yeah. That like I wasn't good enough. That same feeling would come Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. for me. And um, so I've just carried that through my whole life. And now I have to realise like someone not wanting to be my friend is not rejection. I am good enough. If they don't want to be my friend, cool. Mm -hmm. See you later. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's a massive lesson for everyone. Oh. So, like, it's it's very difficult to recognise yeah. you need either a professional or something. 100%. And that's what I said to Solomon. He goes, um, what have you been saying to your friends about this and everything that's been happening and how would you describe it? I was like, how far I've come, yes, you've led me to the destination mm. of finding all these things about my life, but I said, your questions and prompts, I wouldn't have got been able to get there without professional help. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. it's like it's probably questions you you probably deep down know but you don't want to ask yourself yeah, or and verbally. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable yeah, to tap course. into them. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But what do they always say? It's um, what's that saying? Fear, overcome. No, fear. When you tap in over when you, the other side of fear, fear is, freedom. is freedom. Yeah. yeah. So it's like so true. It's like And that's one of my tasks. It's like Solomon's like, whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, lean into it because yeah. that's where the growth's gonna 100%. happen. Hundred percent. It's exactly like um, for example, I'll use our friendship relationship as an example. Having uncomfortable conversations with each other about something is so fucking scary and like that fear you, you don't feel know, sick. You don't know how the other person's gonna react. You feel sick, but yeah. then what is over the hill of that is like a better relationship, mm-hmm. a better communication. Like our communication used to be so bad. We're still working on it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's 100%, but our communication was really, really bad. And then I know we've had a few conversations probably the last year about um, communication and stuff and we're like, okay, we need to communicate better. But having those conversations, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, so and I had one with you the other day and I was like, look, Sorry for how mm-hmm, I've been acting. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm telling you this also, one, to apologize, but mm-hmm. two, I also want you to hold me accountable mm-hmm. because if I do do it, be like, hey, you're doing it again. Yeah. yeah. But without reacting. Yeah. Because initially, step five steps back, back yep. you would react. A hundred percent. Get triggered. I'm not pinpointing you because I would do the same thing. Like we all, our first reaction is to react. Mm-hmm. That's why getting help and seeing a therapist is not to react. My, that's my thing. I'm finding out now what what is that underlying feeling of that reaction. Mm-hmm. Is it that I'm not good enough? Mm-hmm. Is it that I'm competitive yeah. and I, I think I have to do everything myself? Mm-hmm. Like It's always like I find like sometimes when you're in a situation, situation I find there's like two reactions for me. There's a reaction, fuck, I didn't think before I said that. Or there's a reaction where I stop, I think, but then don't say it. 
Does that make sense? Mm. So like, you know, when you're like super angry and then you say something and then you're like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Like that's going to hurt the person. Mm -hmm. Or there's, this is for me, or there's one and I'm about to say it, but then I think and I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, that's that's about me, not about them. And then I don't say it. Well, that's when you're holding it, when you can hold your emotion, you're in control of it. When you react, you're not in control of your emotion. This is what I'm getting at. It's like, that's why you, I would say you probably have, you don't really recognize those things unless you've done the work or seen a therapist. But it's not even the reactions because it can just be the internal conversation in your head and recognize how that makes you feel like, I could not, you could say the meanest thing to me and I could feel rejected and not good enough, but not verbalize Mm -hmm. it by a reaction. You could just make me feel like shit. Yeah. So I know I said before we weren't going to talk about this, but for example, <laughs> I'm not going to exactly. For example, yes, Dimmy. There's three people in a situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me, one, you, another one, and another person, another one. Yep. Something happened. Mm-hmm. I'd gone through this experience before. Mm-hmm. You guys hadn't. Mm-hmm. It was about rejection. And the other person and I are sitting in it right now and yes. feeling very uncomfortable. Whereas I don't give a shit. I'm like, oh, my God, are you guys still fucking harping on about this? This is ridiculous. Like, move on. It's been, it's done. You can't do anything about it. Move on. I've but can, can but I, then, but yeah. then, Sorry, but then you two are still sitting on it. I've had a similar situation happen to me before. So I've reacted the way that you guys have and I've learned and I'm like, it's not about me. I've learned that. It's not about me. It's not about like, yeah, okay, I felt rejected the first time, but now I'm like, I actually don't care. But that's the thing that's coming up for me and that's what I want to say to you. What's coming up for me is that rejection feeling. Again, that's bringing up the feeling that I'm not, I wasn't good enough for that person. 100%. And I'm saying I felt that when Mm. this happened to me. I was like, my thing was, oh, my God, they don't like me. Mm. Oh, my God, I'm rejected. Oh, my God. Like, and a thing that came up for me, which I recognised a bit after, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucking ridiculous. And I don't know if you guys have come but I was more worried about what other people thought because I wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought about that a little while after, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is so stupid. I was more concerned about, I actually didn't care that I wasn't there. I did feel rejected, but I was more concerned what other people thought that I wasn't invited. That you thought me. that you thought other people would think that you weren't good enough to be invited. Yes. Oh. So now, but now that's happened the second time, I actually don't give a shit. And I'm just like, for fuck's sake, can you guys just move on? This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like if I hadn't have gone through that the first situation, because I've never really had that before. The exclusion. No, never in my life. But if it happens again like it had the second time, I actually feel fine about it. And if it happens a third time, I'm going to be even better about it because mm. I've been on that journey of like, actually, it's not about me. It's not about what people think. But what if it's with a, a different group of friends? Um, let's say, I don't know, let's say Damien and I want to go to Grill tonight mm-hmm. and we didn't invite you. I'd be like, fuck you, why didn't you invite me? <laughs> no, but but I you- wouldn't take it to heart. Like, I don't it's know. Not, I'm- it's not... Us thinking you're a shit person no. and not good enough no, not no, coming. No, 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 I don't know. I've never been in I don't. I don't yeah. know. Like until I get in that situation, I don't know how I'd react. But I have the tools now. You'll recognise if you feel irky that you'll be like, fuck, I feel rejected. Like I 
they didn't want me to come. Yeah. I wasn't good enough to come. Yeah. But it's just I can't even remember why I was getting onto that topic. Why because we're talking about rejection and… Yeah, mm. and it's just like it's funny because now you're sitting with that again but it's a different situation. It's a situation you've never had to deal with. But the other thing is also I know my self-worth now. Yeah. And I value myself. But do you? Yes. Because you're still sitting on this. No, nah, but I'm not. You just said before you're sitting on this. I was. Okay. I had a session about it. Okay, okay. Let okay. it go. Okay. Um, but there's going to be a time where I will say something because I value myself enough to stick up for like sitting in that curiosity of knowing why. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There could be a valid hundred percent. We and we're just all presuming, mm. which you shouldn't presume. The four agreements. Yes. And I'm guilty of it all the time. I presume situations are going to turn out to what they are. I presume you know people think we're not going to be good humans all the fucking time. No, and it's it's human nature. Everyone, it, it literally, we all do it. Yep, all do it. It's just how we. Do you know the thing is? That's it. What I'm trying to do now. I'm contr- trying to control my thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm trying to do. And do you know what? It's a never-ending. And the interesting thing that Solomon said to me is like. My thoughts are the thing that got me into trouble. Uh-huh. So don't overthink things and start feeling things. Do you know what? I find that the hardest thing. I find feeling feelings. Uncomfortable? Not uncomfortable. Difficult. Okay. I'm like, but how do you know if you're feeling it? Does that make sense? You, you When you get familiar with it and sit with it, you will know. You'll say if you feel fear, fear. Oh, I can feel fear 100%. Yeah. But then can you decipher between like fear and excitement or nervousness or something oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But like just sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know how to feel that. And then I'm like, oh, am I numb? I'm not feeling anything. Like yeah. it, it it's I, I wouldn't me. have a clue. No, it confuses yeah. me. But um, I mean I tap into my mind like I've had to tap into my – I mean we all have to, but I've had to tap into my mind every single day of my life since I was sick. Mm. Like – because that's what I learned to do with my therapist and my psychologist. Like I was seeing a psychologist twice bloody week to turn my thoughts around. My head was so negative. Barbara, we call her Barbara. We don't like her. <laughs> um, and I had to turn them to positive things all the time that I'm so used to doing it now that I'm like it's ingrained in me, which will mm-hmm. soon be what will happen to you. Mm-hmm. But there are times of weakness when it's not ingrained in you, but you'll pick it up and that's the thing like if people are having I don't know not continual thoughts of being like off they're not not good enough that's Mm. it's not natural no no so you have to recognize it yeah turn it around yeah move on (laughs) one thing with going hard into therapy like we've got a fair few friends in therapy which is we have a fair few friends in therapy but we have a fair few friends not in therapy that's what I was just gonna (laughs) talk about and, like, there's certain people in my life that I know will just never get therapy. Oh, 110%. And you have to be cool with that. 100%. And, like, it's so different here. Like, in America and on every American podcast I hear is they always talk about their weekly sessions mm-hmm. with their therapist. Mm-hmm. It's so acceptable over there. Yeah. Do you know what, though? Like, having said that, if I hadn't seen or seen therapists and stuff when I was younger, psychologists, I had to – 
if I didn't, I wonder if I would be as open. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because there's such a stigma that people who see a therapist are messed up. Yeah. So I I don't like, yeah, there's shit I want to learn about myself, but just because I want to. I want to be a better person. For, mm. I want to get to know myself yeah. better. That's why yeah. I'm doing it. But I just I just wonder, I'm like, if I hadn't have done all that stuff, when I would I think differently? Maybe. You know, maybe I would. Mm. Who knows? Definitely an interesting journey. Definitely. That's for sure. Yep. I also think like yoga helped a lot. Well, it's very spiritual. Well, it's very like self-aware, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's very um, – seeing a therapist is very interesting than going on dates afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's just changing my whole um, – obviously feeding myself value if I recognise something in someone that makes me feel like shit. I'm like, mm, that's not cool. Yeah, but also if someone's making you feel shit on a first or second date, I'm sorry. They're not that's a red flag. But that's what I mean. Generally, I would internalize and feel like oh, I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Whereas I'm out, like, oh no. Yeah. I know my How shit. How do you think that I want to go back to past Sarah and not having self worth? Mm-hmm. How do you think that affected you in your last relationship? <laughs> Which one? My last serious, serious relationship. Only like Lucas. Oh, that's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't know if you meant the one just. The one. I wouldn't call that a relationship. No, that was just that was dating. dating. Yeah, um, I was definitely trying to people please, and I actually spoke to Lucas last week mm-hmm. um, because there was a lot of things that he couldn't understand about our relationship because he had been deep into therapy yeah. for years because of all his army stuff, and. Um, he was like, it was so nice to speak to him and he was so proud that I'd mm-hmm. found all these things. And I was like, there was one particular event where he just didn't get of my reaction. Mm-hmm. And I just went, I said to him, I reacted like that and I so, I'm so sorry, but it was because that I felt like I've never really been truly supported in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's not from a disrespectful way to my family it's just like my family like I'm so independent mm-hmm. the youngest of four like did my own thing so I'm so fiercely independent but I also want to feel supported by mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. and when he I asked him to him to do something and he didn't and I didn't feel supported I, that brought up the thing again of not feeling good enough not feeling like love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so I was like oh I just want to let you know that that's what that outburst was and he's like I'm so proud of you Mm. so like I think moving forward understanding myself better and if I do react in a relationship I'll be able to speak about it in a I don't know more loving way like not negotiate but Mm -hmm. the relationship (sighs) is like it's a team. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a team. And that's what he always used to say. It's a team. Like I want to be a part of a team but also I've been so independent that I've never known how to be a part of a team. Yes, which comes down to the competitive Com- – I can't say that. Competitive nature of myself. Exactly. God, people are getting a great I insight into know. spaz, aren't they? Fuck. Do you know, talking about relationships, Damien and I have been together since February. 
February, mm-hmm. we've not once had a fight. Mm. Isn't that wild? We're speaking about the other day and I'm like, we have not actually had like an argument, fight, nothing. Mm. Crazy. You. Yeah, because it's wild because like last, like my last relationship, poor, like he would accuse me of so many, <laughs> like just so different. Yeah. And it's just like. Do you know, I heard once years ago, um, I think it was Jay Shetty, he was like one of the most important things apart from love languages to know about your partner is also their fighting language. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that yet. Yeah, and that's it. Like <sighs> you'll find out but he might be like walk away, doesn't want to talk about it. You might be fiery. Fiery. You have to understand that if he walks away and needs space and peace, you have to respect that. Yeah. And well, I don't know that yet. Yeah. So that'll be interesting when that happens. Good luck, Damo. Yeah, good luck, mate. <laughs> Only thing well, it's not does even he enough. even listen? I've asked him to listen, but I don't oh. know if he does. Um, I'm like, you need to listen because we need to get the listens up. <laughs> no, the only thing that we have disagreed with, and it's not even an argument, is just the dog in the bed. I think it's disgusting. I and agree with that. It's, she still hasn't slept in our bed. Tell the people because it is pretty gross. It's. I think it's revolting. No, but do you know what the funny thing is? I did a vote. Oh, I, did I know. It, but it was close. I no. was like, people are wild. So we have a dog. Well, it's Damien's dog, but then he moved in, so now it's our dog. But um, he is obsessed with her and wants to sleep, wants her to sleep in the bed. I think it's absolutely fucking revolting. Mm. Like she sheds like dog hair everywhere. Um, and I just think it's disgusting. I think a bed is for like, you know, get into bed clean, go to sleep. It's like a clean space. And I'm just like, I think it's gross. And this is the one little argument we have. He's like, no, she's that. So that's that. But I never grew up with animals inside. So for me, like we had a Labrador growing up, like living out in the country and stuff, and mum didn't like animals inside. And I used to hate it as a kid. But now I totally respect it because dogs are outside playing with shit. Like, no, but like they're actually. Literally. It's, it's, you know, like I love her. She's so cute. But it's just like I get why my mum never had dogs inside. And we lived on a big property. So, you know. Dirty. It's it's disgusting. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's our only little disagreement. It's not mm. even that bad. It's just like, no, she's not sleeping in the bed and I've got my way this whole time. Although we were away last week and she slept on top of the bed. I said, okay, she can sleep in there, but she's sleeping on top of the bed on a blanket. I think she did end up in the bed. I was just about to say. So 100%. I don't actually want to know. And I, to be fair, Damien washed the sheets and the doona cover the day I was coming back. That was nice because I was like, I don't want to sleep. I get itchy from the hair. Oh, maybe you're allergic. No, I don't know. I'm just like, but I think it's more in my head. Uh, I'm like, oh, it's in there. I'm itchy. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's our only disagreement. It's not even that bad. It's a great start. Yeah, it is a a good start. Great start. Is there anything else you want to chat about? (sighs) Um, I don't know. No, basically just throwing me under a bus lately. No, I didn't throw you under the bus. I think it's really important. I think you need to talk about it because there is a lot of females that listen to our – I mean males as well, but obviously we're all about empowering females. I think it's like a really important topic to – Finding yourself. Finding yourself, but then also that the sober thing. It's like the pressure not to drink. It's like the pressure not to drink. Yeah, pressure not to drink is – The pressure to drink. Yeah, the pressure to drink, sorry. It is a common occurrence Mm. and I just want you guys to know that just say no, be strong, be confident and don't like, I don't know, it happens. We're 34 and it still happens. 
It's ridiculous. Mm. It, it's I know, so dumb. Yeah, I know. Like, but that, is, I've got an excuse at the moment, so. No, but this is what I said to you at the yeah. start. What, but you're, you're like, oh, I've got an excuse, but why do you feel like you have to have an excuse? Just say flat out, I don't want to drink. Yeah. Like why? It doesn't know. make any sense to me. It's like, oh, I've got an excuse now, my heart. Who cares? Like, no, I mean, I care about your heart. <laughs> but like why? Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's so silly. Mm. Instead of having an excuse, just be flat out, I don't want to drink. Just be like, I would rather drive and leave when I want to leave. And then everyone's like, oh, don't drive. Yeah, well, you'll want us to drive oh. when you all want to fucking go home. That's exactly. And there's no Ubers and it happens all the time. A hundred percent. So it's like, you know what? I want to drive. That's like I'm probably going to go out tomorrow night for a couple of drinks and then I'll maybe, I don't know, I'm suiciding, but I'm driving. Because I, I just, I'm driving. Well, I think I have to drive. Oh, yeah. Sarah's got a date tomorrow night. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. This episode's gone way too long. No, it's great. Um, Love you. Love you. Keep up the hard therapy work. And if people want to know more about what I'm learning each week, you like these episodes talking about us talking about life, please let us know. I'm actually boring at the moment. I don't really have any updates. Yeah, I said to tell, like, give me something. Like, I I threw up the sobriety topic. I brought up the therapy topic. I actually have nothing. My life at the moment is boring. You're like, oh, I help my sister every day. (laughs) No, I'm not every day. My sister started training, obviously. People that listen, if you follow me on Instagram, I have nieces. And my sister's gone back to personal training. And I'm like, it makes her feel really good. It's time for herself. So when she does that, I babysit the twins for 45 minutes. You're the best. Everyone's like, oh, you're such a good auntie. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm a good auntie, but I also love my sister and I want her to feel good. Mm -hmm. Looking after kids is hard. You've already put the oxygen mask on you so you can help put your oxygen mask on your sister. Exactly. I work out first thing and then I go help her. And I'm like, you know what? I know working out makes me feel good Mm -hmm. and I know it's going to make you better, be a better mum. And it has, even like I went over last night, I know we're wrapping up, but even I went over last night and even the way my sister was interacting and stuff, I could even see that she was in a better mood. I was mm. like, see, that's all she needs. You need to have your cup overflowing mm-hmm. and so then and then people aren't taking anything from you. Exactly. But you know what? It's my sister. Like I I don't feel like if there's things that she wants me to do, I say no as well. I set boundaries. Like the other day she's like um, – on Wednesday, she's like, look at my eyelashes done at 11. Can you look after the girls? I actually can't. Ask mum and dad. Good on you. So I, I do that a lot. I'm like, I feel bad. Sorry, but I can't. Ask mum. Mm-hmm. Ask mum. Mum's like, of course. See, I'm like, it always works out. That's it. That's yeah. It always works out. It always does. On that note. We love you. We love you. Have a beautiful day. And hopefully the sunshine comes out by the time this podcast comes out because the next week is miserable. I was going to say do something kind for someone else, but you know what? Mm -hmm. Do something kind for yourself. Yes, always. Yep. Always. Ciao. Arrivederci. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.